Back Pocket presents Golden Nuggets. There are golden nuggets in every podcast we do. Here are our three golden nuggets. Enjoy. And it goes back to what I tell students when I advise them. I'm like, try to find stuff that you are good at, that you love to do. Because sometimes those aren't the same. For example, engineering. I was, I was really good at it. I just didn't love it. And the other part of me, I'm a drummer and I love it. But I'm not that good at it. You know, not good enough that it could be a career. Sure. So when you can find the things that you love, that you are good at, that, that to me is what I was looking for. So I, I went to MBA school to learn marketing. I'm like, oh, this stuff is cool. And I, and I like marketing. The one that I really found, though, it took me till I was 50, was teaching. Mm-hmm. Like, I love it. And I also think I'm good at it. And when that's the case, I mean, that's, that's where I'm at right now. It just, it's... I'm the happiest guy in the world. I mean, I love my job. You are not looking at a miserable person. Like when I drive to the St. Paul campus at you know 6:30 in the morning for my eight o'clock class, I just have a big smile on my face driving east through 94. You know, coming through downtown and all that. I just, mm-hmm. but it, it took me a while. It took me a while to figure it out. So I, I kind of was bouncing around, just trying to figure out what do I love that I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And finally, when it happens, it's one of those, you'll know it when you see it. It's like, I, I didn't know it when I saw it. I guest spoke a couple years ago for yes for, for Volo's class. Okay. I think it was Steve's class. And I'm like, God, if I could figure out how to do this for a living, this is good stuff. You guess, you were a guest speaker I was a guest in speaker. his class, yeah, so and that Volo, led to becoming a exactly. teacher. Exactly. Volo and I worked at Caribou together. And he goes, okay. he's teaching integrated marketing, yep. communications. And he goes, hey, I need someone to kind of punch the digital which we, we, had a, we joke about that, punch the digital. Like week seven, I would come in and do digital. And, and I really enjoyed it. But after I did it a couple of years, I'm like, this needs to be its own class. And so we got, we got that teed up at St. Thomas. They let me have my own class. I remember it was like Thanksgiving weekend and they, we were trying to get the class approved for the spring. And I remember Professor Heyman, did you, either one of you guys have him? I wasn't able, no. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> he, was, he, was, he was awesome. Crazy guy, right? Smartest guy I think I've ever met. I remember calling me on Thanksgiving weekend and said, good news, bad news. Good news is your course is approved. The bad news is you're going to teach it in January. And this was oh. Thanksgiving weekend. I know. So I was like, yeah, oh my grind. God. And I'm like, and he's like, we got to find a textbook in like a day. I'm like, why? He goes, because you got to order it. It's got to be put in the bookstore. And I'm like, so we spent about a half a day looking for a textbook. Couldn't find one. So I just wrote it. I literally wrote the course. I wrote actually about half of it and then started the course in January. Yeah, and jumped into it. Gave and yourself the two-week two buffer. Week, two-week buffer. <laughs> and as long as you're at one day ahead or two days ahead, nobody yep. has to know any different. And then you can think on the fly and come up with new content. You weren't stuck in stone. Well, a little yeah. bit. I mean, I think I, in the perfect world, I think I would have written the whole thing before. Okay. But, but, you know, when, when you have to do it, you have to do it. Yeah. You know, and now I've written, you know, at least three or four classes from scratch. No textbook. None mm-hmm. of the classes have textbooks. And that's the way I, I love to do it. And that January was the first time you were ever a professor in that in any type of setting, or, were, yeah, or was there inklings of that before? Oh prior? yeah, you know, in, in Vienna I taught English. Okay. In a high school, in an Austrian high school, and I did junior achievement when I came back, and I just I kind of just knew I loved to teach. Even when I I worked at Radisson Hotels, and I was trying to do di- you know bring digital into the hotel business model. Mm-hmm. And, and the hoteliers were kind of the last ones to kind of get on board with that. Mm-hmm. So I'd go out on the road and teach hoteliers how to market themselves online. And I wrote a book called Winning on the Web, and I was selling it at conferences and, and speaking and doing breakouts. I just realized pretty, pretty soon on I loved to teach. I mean, that's how I know I know it. I had a really good buddy of mine in college who was a wrestler, 
He's also, he's also an engineer. And he would be gone all the time and he, for wrestling matches. And he'd come home like on a Sunday and he'd be like, dude, I'm hosed. And I'm like, you know what? I, I'm going to learn everything and then I'm going to teach it to you on Sunday. Uh-huh. And if I can teach it to you on Sunday, then I know I know it. And then he's like, good, because I need someone to teach it to me because I've been gone all week at wrestling matches. Yeah. And that's kind of when I, it started to set that I was like, you know what? I like this teaching stuff. How cool is it, though? I mean, like the, the art of teaching and coaching, the ability to take your mind and your yeah. thoughts yeah. and putting it down into a way and a format for everyone else to be, have the ability to comprehend it. It's one of the most challenging things because you're like, this is how I see it. Now I have to prove to other people they can see it the same way or their own variation yeah. Yeah. and then have the ability to absorb that information and take it in their own right. format. Right. I mean, it's cool. Yeah, and it's, it's tri- it can be tricky though too. I mean, yes. unfortunately, when you teach undergrads, you, you guys are about the same age and you're in the same space in life. Uh, teaching executive education at St. Thomas, you don't know who you're going to get. You don't know your audience as well. Oh, you know, like you might find out that three quarters of the people are in transition between jobs. Sure. Or that eighty percent are B to B and twenty percent B to C. And the last time it was the reverse, and you literally have to teach on the fly to all these different audiences Jeez. like in real time mm. which is crazy which is why i'm glad i don't have a book either because i can just pivot yep you know as, as got well. a lot of flexibility absolutely yeah. social media can get it, it brings the truth out of every single person whether you're using it or using it as a business platform yeah. and uh one thing that we like to do on the back pocket is, sure. is bring the truth out of someone in an average sense <clears throat> yeah. so this is our core question a question we ask every guest okay what is your average quality and we kind of framed it a little bit um mm-hmm. in the in the show notes sure. um, but it's something you do well at times and other times you don't do it that's as so well sure. at the end of the day this is your wildly average attribute habit emotion yep something along those it, lines i know exactly what it is it's this it's this balance of learning and teaching mm. where um we always say in digital we go to bed smart we wake up dumb because the things change so <laughs> fast and if and if i'm in a period of time where i'm doing a lot of teaching then i'm not working as much with clients and where i learn is with the clients because we're doing things and we're trying things and we're we're tweaking and we're researching what the opportunities are mm. um so when I'm in those windows, like with the Super Bowl, like, you know, in the summers, I could really dig in, or even in January between semesters, really dig in, and, um, and, and, and we, we learn so much on the fly with, with digital. Um, but then when I get into the heart of the semester and I'm not doing much client work and I'm teaching, stuff's flying by. Things are changing in the marketplace. And then I've got to wait till kind of the summer to sort of get, you know, uh, immersed in it again. So mm-hmm. I'm constantly in this balance of of teaching what i know and learning what i need to know and teaching what i know and learning what i need to know and unfortunately i i can't do it where i give like three days a week to learning and two days a week to teaching Hmm. Uh, it it actually worked a little bit better when i was an adjunct i only taught one class a semester so i was literally working you know full-time with clients and then i'm just able to just which is when i wrote all the classes for the most part right um now it's harder when I'm teaching full time because I teach you know two undergrad classes and MBA class, so yep. I don't have much client time left. Um, so constantly in that balance, that's the bugger. It's it's very humbling, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And and with digital, it's really hard because again, you go to bed smart, you wake up in the morning dumb, and mm-hmm. you got to go. You got to be willing to admit that, you know, your stuff's old, and you gotta you gotta you gotta break it and learn the learn the next thing. The name of the segment is uh, Gino Two Cents. Okay. So like just that. give us our two, your two cents. Okay. Our first thing that we kind of kick-started our marketing budget, yep. we said, let's throw a party yep. 
yep. and have koozies that have an arrow pointing up saying average beer guy. And we're going <laughs> to attach these koozies to a red solo cup and we're going to have a kegger and we're going to have them buy the cups for the beer, but it's going to have a koozie attached to it. So it's going to be a little more expensive to buy these red cups. So we're going to, and then the, the influx, the, the charging of those cups to come into our party ended up funding our marketing for the next three months. So, it did really. Yes, yeah. we made like three fifty. Oh, I should have. I should have not told you the ending. I should have said, "Well, what would you okay, see?" So, so, yeah, how do you how do you see this going? <laughs> so by putting the koozie on the red cup, you increase the the perceived value of the. Well, it was just like a back pocket party, but you got a koozie with. You get with to keep your, your koozie. Wait, yeah. Was it branded? Oh, yeah. yeah, had a okay. logo on it. Said "Average Beer Guy" pointing up. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. There's some dirty ones back there still. If you, I'll, if I'll take one after. Mm-hmm. Okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's good. I think it's it's clever. It's it's tongue in cheek. It's it's not overly um, sophisticated. It's just okay. kind of Sweet. it gets at the raw essence of everyone loves beer. Yep. Average guy. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So here we go. Um, our listeners are our marketing interns. Mm-hmm. So we call every listener a marketing intern because. They listen to our podcast. They love it. They'll go tell their mom, their dad, their friend, their friends of friends yep. about our podcast, thus marketing our podcast via word of mouth. I like so it. What, do you, what do you think about that? Uh, I guess the biggest problem for... Yep. We'll, let we'll him judge it. Let him judge it and let him see if he can see yeah, the pros yeah, Let's see if he can it. see a pro. Well, I, I, I just... When you told me about the... Well, you, you wrote about the interns. I, I saw... I went a different way with it in the, the sense that interns are, are there to learn. Like mm. your audiences are, are learning or using this podcast to learn something they don't know. Mm, I like and, that. and therefore, they are sort of an intern. Right on. It may not be being paid because there's a there's a uh, a perception that they they're still in the learning mode. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I, I thought you called them interns is because oh. we're, we're trying to learn something more than we know today. Yes. To improve our market value, if you will. Love that perspective. Yes. Because yeah, we're like put it on your resume right. because you know you're listening to the back pocket. You're an intern now, yeah. and you're you're marketing it to your your neighbor. Well, in, in and you're now you're learning. For, Yes. Yeah, in an interview, then they say, what, what experience do you have? Well, I've been an intern at, you know, Back Pocket. Mm-hmm. I'm, I always tell my students, like, this is your story to tell. Tell it however you want. I mean, it has to be obviously accurate. But mm-hmm. but, but if they're part of this community because they're trying to learn, I think you got to tell that message. So I, I think it works. So I love they, that introduced, like, perspective, too, because it's, I mean, you're – definition of a marketing intern mm-hmm. still is entirely within the realm of our podcast right exactly like it makes total sense absolutely yeah. where we kind of like not we didn't screw up but we just more more or less <laughs> just uh we we just haven't got that message across consistently so we had we met with uh an ex st thomas well st thomas alum who's mm-hmm. working in marketing mm-hmm. and she's helping us out with our business plan and she was like so i listened to your podcast for at three hours at the airport when right. she's rain missed her flight because she was listening right. so intently, right. you know, and she's oh, like, my first, my first, um, question is what is a marketing intern? And Andrew and I just looked at each other like, Oh, we do not do a good enough job oh. of letting people know like what actually is a marketing mm-hmm. intern. Yep. So. And I also wouldn't, um, discount the value of if you call someone, one of your own, like an intern, yeah, that they become an advocate for you. Like I, I remember, uh, when I worked at Carlson companies and, and, you know, let's say sales weren't where they wanted them to be. But Maryland was like, look, we have 150,000 employees. If you guys just go to TGI Fridays every once in a while and stay in a Radisson hotel every once in a while, it's like, if you guys just use the service, the service will be better. And, or you refer people to mm-hmm. TGI Fridays or Country Inns and Suites or Radisson. We, we can do this amongst us just by pure referral. Mm-hmm. Where, so if you have the numbers that you have, let them be advocates for you. And they'll do that because they feel like they're a part of it. 
Right. Yeah. So I think I, like that. I think that's smart. Awesome. All right. Yep. The last one. Yes. So I'll give you a little bit of a background prior to the mm-hmm. the uh, the purpose. The per- I'll give you the purpose. Okay. So the back pocket podcast, like I said, we started in my um, side room up in uh, at, at St. Thomas, and we all of our friends knew we did a podcast. Okay. We wanted to throw an event, host a party, that showed what the back pocket has become. We're not just these two knuckle. We're, we're still these two knuckleheads goodness, creating yeah, yeah. a podcast, yeah. absolutely yeah. fullheartedly. Yet there's now this professionalism to the knuckleheadness. Yeah. Okay, so how can we do that? We want to throw another party, just like that that kegger with the, the koozies. Yeah. This time it's going to be a little bit more pricey. Yeah. Um, we're gonna have and let me let me hear how you think this would go. We're gonna have a band play in our backyard at the end of October, um, outside in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. And then we're gonna have we're gonna find and we're gonna again sell that that beer, mm-hmm. um, and then and we're and we're gonna find a way to come out on top. Right. How do you see that going? I love that because the the backyard band parties are a thing of the past, mm-hmm. um, and I think it brings back this notion of community, and those those that community can be become part of your ad, advocacy group. I mean, mm-hmm. um, it's funny when I turned forty, my wife said, "What do you want to do for your fortieth birthday?" And I just I. I'm like, I don't know. She goes, think about it. Just think about it. And I came back to her and I said, I want to have a backyard band party where I play on stage with my friends for all my friends. And 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 she's like, in our backyard, what, don't you want to rent a bar? Don't you want? I'm like, no, no, no. I want I want neighbors to come over. I want people to be able to walk across the street with a with a red cup, and just because they it's like the Pied Piper. I just I want them to just hear that something's going on that's atypical, and they want to be a part of it. What happened that night? We had people that our neighbors that live behind us that we've never met for five years showed up. And the woman's like, I have a son. He'd love to babysit your kids. He became our nanny for two summers. And, and he was on the other side of a fence. So this notion like of, of a game changer backyard band party that brings people together, live music, cops coming. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had I had the police coming during the sound check. I'm like, if you think this is bad, wait till <laughs> in an hour. <laughs> and we had it. We actually called it Gino Palooza. We had it for a couple of years. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. It was into awesome. a recurring event. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're on we're doing the Evite and all of a sudden I just send it out. All of a sudden, you know, it's like one of those commercials like all of a sudden you see RSVP, RSVP. I'm like, all of a sudden we got like we had like 380 people coming and 200 of them were kids. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, but you know what? We got to do it. And we did it for a couple of years and it was awesome. And people say to this day, like, when are you going to bring Gino Palooza back? And for, for good reason, we, we didn't keep yeah. it going. Okay. Um, as those same kids get older and now with mm-hmm. kegs, you got to be a little careful. Yeah. Um, but um, I think it's awesome that you kind of break the mold and have this non-traditional thing that brings people together around music and beer. I think right it's on. brilliant, and I like you know I, I did get your Facebook invitations for it, and the and the teasers about you know procrastinating in college. I mean, your messaging was spot on for your client, your customer base, and um, I thought it was clever. Um, you did sort of a, a scarcity and the two for one thing. And, yep. Uh, I, I thought I, I you know the the, the the we call it the drip line campaign worked really well. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. And, Thank but you. one yeah. thing that does come with the drip line campaign yeah, yeah. is like holy cow, builds some anxiety because you yeah, were sure. sitting here yeah. like Tuesday before the party yeah. and we got like thirty people signed up to come. Like, oh man, oh, we had yeah. at least like a hundred. Yeah. And we ended up getting it done, you know, great great finish to the whole story. It yeah. worked out great. But I the day we asked the band to come on, I went to bed that night like 
yep. shit that we get distracted by the shiny things. Like we're literally you know going to spend yep. all of this month, these next four weeks, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's podcasting, but also like event planning. Event planning. Mm-hmm. We don't. We're podcasters. We don't do that. But then I was like, okay, this it. is we can do you it. You can totally do it, and then it, it may change the game. And you'd never know if you didn't try. Right. I mean, I had the same anxiety. All of a sudden, the sound guy comes in. He goes, where can I get 220? I'm like, oh, my God. Why? He's like, well, I got to put the lights in. I'm like, didn't even think about the lights. You know, it's like, <laughs> um, you know, it's like the cops are coming. And it's like, right. oh. No, but you got to push it. You got to push it to know that what you're capable of doing. Awesome. And be uncomfortable with being. You were uncomfortable. Yep, we were. <clears throat> was it a success? 100%. Right. Yes. It was worth it. Yeah. It was a damn success. So when's the next one? That's exactly the question. Yeah. That's It starts now. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Golden Nuggets. If you want to watch this version of Golden Nuggets, go on to YouTube and search The Back Pocket Podcast. You'll go into that channel and you'll be able to find everything you need. If you want to read The Golden Nuggets, go to yourbackpockets.com. That's with an S, yourbackpockets.com. And, and go under the tab blog because that's where you'll be able to read it. If you want to interact with us, go on to social media, The Back Pocket Podcast on Instagram or on Twitter, underscore The Back Pocket. You know the drill. Interact with us. We love your interaction. Take care.